give thanks to you for a beautiful day, for all your blessings to us, Lord. We thank you for these wonderful songs that we can sing of praise and worship. But Lord, I would pray that we'd examine these songs and examine ourselves against them. And that uh, these would not just be words that we sing, Lord, but words that we do. Father, uh, help us as we open your word a little bit and uh, just ask your blessing on the speaker and the hearers alike, Lord, that uh, we may be challenged and that it would bring glory to your name. So I ask all this in our Savior's name. Amen. Thank you for coming. I know some of you must be tired, very tired. And uh, if you fall asleep, well, I'll understand it. And I won't blame myself. It's probably true, but I won't blame myself. I will uh, credit it for just having a, a busy, great weekend, I hope. Um, yeah, talking about traveling there, I was just thinking as you, you were mentioning that, um, two years ago, my 19-year-old, tall, pretty daughter was traveling to Sweden by herself. She was going to be in four airports in one day. Is that a cause for concern? <laughs> I thought so. But I remember I was praying with her uh, before she left, and she was very good at following instructions and that, and uh, we went online, we, we reviewed the airports, because she kind of had to have a plan, you know, knowing you know, there's different terminals and everything. Uh, my middle daughter, uh, she would have got lost for sure, but my younger daughter is very good with the maps and that. So we made a plan, and, uh, and I told her, I said, you know, nothing's going to happen tomorrow that the Lord is not already well aware of. And what really wasn't telling her, I was reminding myself. Because, yes, it was a concern. So, you know, as you travel, the, the Lord uh, does know what is going to happen. As a matter of fact, it's a reminder to all of us, every day. Uh, sometimes we have anxiety, we have fear about what's going to happen. And uh, that's natural, but it's also natural to try to turn away from it. Where should our eyes look? To the Lord. Is, there any, is the Lord going to be surprised at what happens tomorrow? Is the Lord going to be surprised when he reads the newspaper tomorrow morning? No, there's nothing. Nothing's going to surprise him. And uh, so we need to trust in him. That's where our faith needs to be, and uh, to trust in him. Um, again, thank you for inviting me here again and coming out tonight. Uh, it's my privilege to speak to you. And I wanted to just to give you a quick little update on uh, the, the work with the seafarers there. And uh, then to share some thoughts that I have been challenged on myself. Um, Back in Vancouver there, uh, I would probably say our numbers uh, visiting the seafarer centers are actually declining a little bit. And as I've been telling some people, the SIM cards are working against us. You see, when we first opened our doors in 1980, we started the ministry in 81, so it was a few years later we opened up our center. The number one reason they came to us was for telephone cards and telephones. And so we would have booths of telephones and there would be a lineup. We had to limit it, 30 minute phone call because there's somebody else waiting and there's somebody after that and that. Well, we soon know that the telephones, uh, the interest in the telephones went away. They still, there's still a few people that do want to use them. And then it became an interest in our computers. And so they'd be emailing home from our computers. And then it, of course, eventually came that it was for the Wi-Fi. And people, the guys would all come in with their laptops and uh, be on their laptops. Do you know how many laptops I see now? Very few. Everybody is walked around with this, and they got their ears plugged in, and it's great. And they walk around and showing them their, their family at home, our center, which is a beautiful center. Um, 
But you know, with the SIM cards and the access to Wi-Fi in other places, there's less of a draw to us. And we're praying, Lord, help us to know what the next step is to draw them to us. Now, we still have a great time on board. That has not changed. The, the ship visitation, the, the, the opportunities we have, that has not changed. And there's one fellow that I know, uh, he doesn't work directly with us, but he's, a, he's an evangelical Christian. He goes on board, he brings a modem. And uh, they come to him like, like flies. They just come all around him because he's brought a modem there where they can get onto their Wi-Fi. But now with SIM cards uh, in Canada, uh, we're, we're, most of us are on contracts, but to have a pay-as-you-go SIM card is not that common. But it is getting now into, into Canada. It's the rest of the world has it. Um, the men no longer need us. And uh, so there's less of a, uh, a need to come to us. But they still do come. And we do sell SIM cards. And we're kind of trying to decide, is this working for us or against us? We know if we don't sell them to them, um, somebody else will. Um, so we, even for they come for us that one day to buy it, we think, well, that's a good day. We have an opportunity to give them a Bible and that. But really, the, the, where the ministry is still going very strong is on board. And uh, tomorrow morning, uh, Nick and Stefan Sinange and uh, myself, Lord willing, will be getting onto a car carrier that's to arrive in port at 5.30 uh, tomorrow morning at the auto port. And uh, it will be gone by, I think, uh, 4.30. Uh, so, Lord willing, we'll be on board that. That's, that's absolutely wonderful. I'm praising the Lord for it. The secu uh, security chief there was very, very good to us, very easy to work with, and that's a total answer to prayer. And I'm praying that as we get on board, we'll be able to share with the crew. There's 13 Filipinos. Uh, there's, uh, the captain is Greek. Uh, there's even one Syrian on board. I don't think I've ever met a Syrian on board a ship. Um, and there's a one Polish, and there's one or two other nationalities on board. So um, I'm praying, we're praying that the Lord will give us an opportunity to share his good news. That's the whole purpose. You know, I've been praying a lot for the uh, openness, finding favor, as we heard this morning, finding favor with the port authorities. And uh, so far we've found Good, and good enough uh, favor, but that's not our purpose. Our purpose is to share the greatest news to all mankind, to these sailors. I was looking at that one song we sang there, Hope of the World. The Lord Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. Not only is he, I would say, the hope of the world, he's the only hope. He's the only hope in the world. Who should we tell the good news of the gospel, the good news of salvation. Who should we tell that to? The world, everyone, no matter who they are. Are they in need of this message? Absolutely. They are lost without it. Five minutes after they die, there will be no atheists, there will be no agnostics, there will be no non-believers. They are gonna be facing a God, they are gonna be trembling in their boots, no matter how tough they sounded to us when they rejected us, they are going to be shaking right before him. I'm not standing here saying, I told you so. I'm trying to tell, tell them today, I'm trying to warn them today. It doesn't matter how strong they come at me. I want to boldly share with them the word of God. 
I thank God for John and Warren and many of the others of you here that are boldly sharing. John was sharing how another guy came up very threatening to him. Um, you know, may we do it with boldness, not trusting in ourselves, not trusting in the Lord. Even the person that comes up threatening to us, does he need to hear the word of God? Absolutely. They all do. Um, so we've had great opportunities back in Vancouver. Um, we have a new fellow working with us. We're really excited about that. Uh, we're not getting on enough ships. There's not enough of us there. So he has left his uh, secular employment and he now works with his chapel half time and he works with us the half, other half time. His name's Carl Garozio. And uh, he's got a real nice personality, does really great on board the ship. And he's doing a lot of our uh, uh, media stuff now. We're trying to get some more posters and that out. We need, uh, we need younger people coming. We've had many, many great uh, people that have worked with us for many years, but now they're getting to the point where they can't do the work and we need more younger people coming along. And so we're trying to reach out to them in a way I'm not familiar with, but they are, which we know the social media aspect is. And uh, so please follow us on, if you're on Facebook, follow us on Facebook, Lighthouse Harbor Ministries. Um, prior to about two months ago, I think we had a post about every three years or so we'd put something on there. And it was so outdated and so not used. It was embarrassing. Um, we're now trying to get us uh, one to two stories a week on it. And we got great stories. There's so many of us that are interacting with the sailors at the center or on board the ship uh, and pictures on that uh, or thoughts that we're sharing. I think it's, I'm very happy with what I see right now going on our Facebook page. And our main goal is to be uh, reaching some of the sailors that are following us on board the on board their ships are following us on Facebook there. So if you're interested, uh, I'd encourage you to uh, follow us there on, on Facebook. Thank you for your prayers. You know, what is this ministry without God? Uh, how do we connect with God? Through prayer. And so thank you for your prayers for this work that's going on here and, and back there. And so we do uh, look for the Lord's leading and that he would guide and direct us that he continue to keep the door open, that we'd continue to find favor in the ports. I was talking to a fellow that works up in the uh, Siemens Mission on a cruise ship up in Alaska. Sounds exciting to be at a cruise ship port in Alaska. Those people up there are worked to the bone all summer long. There's so many cruise ships, so many people coming in. They got a center, they're going on board the cruise ships, which we're not allowed to in Canada for some reason. They are, they get on board. And, uh, but he was telling me, that even there's a couple of cruise ships coming in that they're no longer allowed on. They were, but now they're no longer. So all it takes is one person to try to be difficult to us. They don't like what we're saying or whatever it is, and they can start to close the door on us. So uh, we know that it's the Lord that is ultimately in control, and we pray to him, and we don't want to take it for granted of what he is doing. Um, On, on Thursday, Nick and Stefan and myself met with the port authority in uh, the auto port here. Uh, I don't think I could ask for someone to be more cooperative. Uh, he was really good. He was good when I phoned him originally uh, a few months ago. But last week I phoned him just to confirm with him what uh, safety equipment we needed to wear. Never responded. Next day I phoned again, didn't respond. Next day I emailed him and called him, didn't respond. Guess who's starting to get worried? Me. 
What's it, what does this mean? Finally, I, I, I called him again on Friday morning, and he called me back shortly after saying, I'm sorry, I've been so busy. And uh, yeah, yeah, no problem, come in. And uh, I didn't know who was all available. And when I arrived here on Thursday, um, called him up first thing in the morning, said, could we have a few minutes of your time? Yeah, that's fine, come on in. Short notice, he gave us a, a meeting with him. He was no rush, he, we talked to him. And uh, he allowed, he's, First said we could go to the security and they'd phone the ship, but then after he said, nah, you can go straight on through. So pray that it's able to continue that way. And then I've been trying to get a hold of it, Halifax Port Authority, who had not been too favorable to me. And I again, called him, left messages, called him, left messages, no response. So after our meeting at the auto port, um, I phoned him one more time. He answered. Praise the Lord, he answered. I said, could I have a meeting with you just to meet you? And uh, just to clarify a few things. And he says, okay, I'll give you half an hour. So we agreed to meet at two o'clock and he brought down his second in command and we had a nice little meeting and worked out kind of a, an arrangement where we can get on board. And in, I think it's very doable and praying that it is doable, that it will work out. So to me, that's a huge answer to prayer. And uh, was uh, did I come here trusting fully in God? Well, I was trusting God, it was myself I wasn't trusting, which is maybe I thought it depended upon me, but it doesn't depend upon me. And I was, many people were trying to encourage me, which I appreciated, because I know that in my heart I was wondering how this was gonna go. And I didn't wanna waste anyone's time and I didn't wanna come out here with no results, but praise the Lord, he is good. He's much better than I deserve, that's for sure. So uh, yeah, please keep us in your prayers and we'll keep going here. I was uh, wanting to take a little look at Nehemiah. Um, last summer up at camp, we studied uh, the book of Nehemiah and I've still been challenged about it. And so I just wanted to look at a few thoughts here from Nehemiah and uh, just gonna quote a verse to you here from uh, Matthew chapter seven. Uh, verse 24 says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. Yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell and great was its fall. I wanna be a wise man. I haven't always been a wise man. I have heard the word of God, I've read the word of God, but I didn't obey it. I did my own thing, or I filtered it. Uh, I want to be a wise man. How do I be a wise man? To hear and obey. That's what I wanna do. And uh, I was, as we were looking in, in Nehemiah, and we can turn to that, Nehemiah chapter one, and I'm gonna read a few verses from here. Nehemiah chapter one, verse one. In the words of, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakali, now it happened on the month of Chislev in the 20th year while I was in Susa, the capital, that Hananiah, one of my brothers and some men from Judah came and I asked him concerning the Jews who had escaped and had survived the captivity in about Jerusalem. And he said to me, the remnant there in the province who survived the captivity 
are in great distress and reproach. And the wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates are burned with fire. Now it came about when I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days, and I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who preserves the covenant and loving kindness for those who love him and keep his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open to hear the prayer of thy servant, which I am praying before thee now day and night on behalf of the sons of Israel, thy servants, confessing the sins of the sons of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, I and my father's house of sin. We have acted very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the ordinances, which thou didst command thy servant Moses. What I have been thinking about with this chapter here is I've been looking at Nehemiah and his love for the people, his care for the people. And if you know, if you're familiar with the story of Nehemiah, and we're not going to get into it all, but Nehemiah, through the direction of the Lord, goes and starts to rebuild the walls that have been broken down. And he goes against great opposition. And he got, goes through and he completes building it. Amazing. Amazing leadership, which I admire in him. Amazing uh, trust in the Lord. But we see here, it says that he asked about those that were there. And I thought, how much do I care about other people? When I meet other people, am I asking about them? Well, what about this family member? What about that person? How are they doing? How are they doing? And I know, I'm sure there are real shepherds here that care about you and that are checking up. How are you doing? You mentioned something for prayer a month ago. How's that been going? They, they care. That's what Nehemiah was. He was caring about them. And what did he find? Did he hear good news? No. It was not good news. And what happens here? He's weeping. He's praying. He's continually praying for them. He had great concern. And I asked myself, what am I caring about? What have, what have I wept about lately? I'm maybe not a physical crier, but what have I wept about in my heart? What, what saddens me? When I look around and I see a situation, what saddens me? What brings me to tears? What brings me to fasting and praying all night? If I don't do that, I guess that means that everything's okay and we don't need to fast and pray all night? No, I'm sure that there's issues around us in every one of us that would really require us, would need for us to be fasting and praying continuously, to be weeping, to be concerned. But do I do that? Honestly, mm, I don't. I don't. I do have a growing prayer list. I do recognize the need for prayer. And I want to keep growing my prayer list and spending time in prayer. Um, I was just thinking there about Daniel. What was Daniel known for? What was Daniel known for? Praying. How many times a day? Three times. 
Would we consider Daniel a great man? I would. Would Daniel consider himself a great man? I doubt it. But you know why he had to pray three times a day? Because he knew how weak he was. But he knew how great his God was. If we don't need to pray every day, a couple times a day, if we don't need to, maybe because we think we can get by without it. We don't need God. Or, you know, it's nice to ask once in a while. Daniel prayed three times a day because he knew that's where his strength came from. He knew that's where his help came from. It came from the Lord. And so he regularly, faithfully went and prayed three times a day. I asked myself, how regularly do I pray? You know, was, I've been really busy since certainly since I got here and preparing for this. I've been so busy. I've been so busy, I'm finding it hard to pray. When do I need to be praying? When I'm so busy. When I am so busy and, and, and involved in so much, I want to be praying. I need to be praying. The busier I am, the more I need to be praying. It's a real fight, isn't it? You're busy. You don't have time. You say a quick prayer and you're on. But that's the time we need to be spending time in prayer. I think sometimes I, gotta I tell myself, I need less sleep. That's tough for me. I like my sleep. I need less sleep and more time in prayer. But I look at what I read here about him and how his care and how he beseeched the God of heaven. And he was so concerned for his people. And I asked myself, am I like that? Should I be like that? Are there needs around me? There's great needs around me. There's family issues got going on. There's... there's Attacks from our government we know that are going on. I tell you, if you're a teacher, you're involved in any kind of public position here, boy, we need to be praying for you right now. We need to be having special prayer meetings for you. You're being put in such a tough situation there. We need to be praying that we'll stand strong and stand with you. If you turn to uh, chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, it says, And the king said to me, What would you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. And I said to the king, If it pleases the king, if your servant has found favor before you, send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tomb, that I may rebuild it. I, what I wanted to point out here is, so I prayed to the God of heaven. So there he is, he's standing before the king. He says, what would you request? Do you think Nehemiah said, hold on a second, stop, I'm going to get down on my knees and pray for half an hour, then I'll answer your question. No, he's before the king. He's got to speak right away. And so he says a, a, a quick prayer. Why was he able to say a quick prayer? Because of the long prayers he's been having in private. If you think that, or if I think, that it's just going to be a quick prayer and it gets me through, uh, I think I'm deceiving myself. But because of his long prayers, his many prayers, he was able to say this quick prayer to God and then continued on. I thought that was a good thing to do. When we're faced with a situation, don't just jump in with an answer, like I tend to do. Don't just jump in with some sort of response. A quick prayer, Lord help me. And an answer, according to his word, according to his will. Uh, chapter 2 and verse 19 says this. But when Sanballat, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the Amorite uh, official, and Geshem, the Arab, heard it, they mocked us and despised us and said, 
What is this thing you're doing? Are you rebelling against the king? He was mocked and despised. You know who mocks? People who don't have any solid basis to point at you. John's been mocked. <laughs> You've probably been mocked for your stand. Why do they mock you? Well, because they can't actually point out any, anything definite. So they just got to turn to this little cheap resort of mocking you. And he mocked him. And he despised him. But that, does, that should not change what we do. We need to stay focused, stay focused on who, who, are, who we're serving, who our Lord is. Um, chapter 4, just going to flip through some verses here. That clock runs pretty fast here. Um, chapter 4, verse 5 says, Do not forgive their iniquities, let not their sin be blotted out before them, for they have demoralized the builders. You know, this is a tactic that Satan wants to use on us, to try to demoralize us, discourage us. Discouragement is a great tool used against us. Who uses it against us? Does God use it against us? I don't think so. It's, the, it's Satan that uses that discouragement against us. And sometimes he applies, Satan applies it through other Christians. Yeah, don't lose focus. Don't lose focus. Stay focused on the God who are, we are serving. And keep going. Keep running the race. Keep going forward. As I was speaking at this, this last camp that I was at there, again, we were talking about Daniel, and um, I was thinking of them as, as messengers. As Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, and how that they were messengers of God. And I, I thought of even in many times in the Old Testament, you read about these, these messengers or runners, and they would run from the, the battlefront back to the king, and, or back between generals, and they would run and give messages back and forth. One, they probably had to be very fast. They couldn't dilly-dally. They couldn't get sidetracked. And they couldn't show up before the king with a message and go, oh, yeah, what do you say? Yeah. No. They knew the message. They had it memorized. Short, simple, whatever it is, they had it, message, they had it memorized. And they ran to the king or back to the, the, the front. And they had to do a good job. They had to be a true messenger. And that's where I was thinking for myself. How dare I water down God's message? There are times when it would probably go a lot easier for me if I watered down God's message. But who am I to water down the Word of God, to filter the Word of God? We need to be faithful messengers, ambassadors for Christ, willing to stand. And yes, there will be some opposition. We already know that. But we know who we're working for. We know who we're standing for. And we're not there to give our opinion. It's the Word of God that we're to, to show them. Uh, chapter 4, verse 6. So we built the wall, and the whole wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. The importance of working hard. Listen to John this morning. That guy, I don't know how he finds time to breathe. You know, uh, wow, he's here, there, he's preaching every weekend, and he's doing, you know, Saturday uh, days in the Word. Uh, amazing. Uh, he has a mind to work. Uh, you know, it's easy to take it easy. Um, and there's a time and place for it. Keep it short. But there's a time and place for it. But we want to make sure that we're working for the Lord. Uh, there's a time coming for rest. It's called heaven. Um, but now this is a time for work. 
we want to stay focused on that. Um, but these people, they had a mind to work and they kept on going. Uh, verse 9. Uh, but we prayed to our God, and because of them we set up a guard against them day and night. You know, when the threats came, they prayed and acted. I know some people, I think sometimes they think that they need to pray and do nothing. No, I think God wants us to pray absolutely and to act in his wisdom. That's why he's given us a mouth and ears and arms and legs so that we can act. Verse 14, 4 and 14. And when I saw this fear, I rose and spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. The need for good leadership. The need to stand up and to be an encouragement. Lots of times, lots of situations, um, there, there can be very uh, times where everybody feels helpless. Everybody feels lost. They don't know where to turn to. And sometimes you'll, feel, you'll see somebody stand up and encourage people. They strengthen people. I, I read that book years, years ago from Rudy Giuliani there about when he was mayor during 9-11. I thought he was a great leader. He stood strong and refocused the people. You know, there are situations that happen, whether it's in the church or in your family, and sometimes everyone gets lost. I had a niece that was killed in a farming accident. A young little girl, a piece of equipment fell on her. Killed her instantly. Tragic. The family, of course, they're, 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 they're lost. This is amazing. They can't believe this. I, I remember the grandfather having to step up. Not, not wanting to, I'm sure. He's grieving for his granddaughter. But it was so important to strengthen the family. I look at Nehemiah here. He's seen them. He wanted to strengthen them. And when we look around sometimes... I know right now in our assembly, our numbers are slowly going down right now. Well, we could say, oh, well, you know, it's, it's, it's the way it is and, you know, just sit back and do nothing. No, no. We need people to stand up and say, you know what? It is what it is right now, but I'm going out there and telling one more person. I want to do one more thing and not to give up. And people will follow. And we need to be able to do that. So we refocus their eyes. Uh, chapter 8, chapter 8, verse 10. Then he said, Go eat of the fat, drink of the sweet, and send portions to him who has nothing prepared, for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Is that true about me? Is the joy of the Lord my strength? Where's my joy from being able to get on a ship tomorrow morning? From the port saying that, yes, you can come in. Those are all wonderful things. But the joy of the Lord should be my strength. If I look for outward things to strengthen me, I'm not sure I'm always going to find it. And it'll be, a, it'll be a roller coaster, up and down. But if we trust in the Lord, He is where our strength is. Chapter 9, verse 1. Now on the 24th day of this month, the sons of Israel assembled with fasting and sackcloth with dirt upon them. Here, 
everything is, is done. It's the, the walls have been finished. It's amazing. It was a great feat. What does he do? Celebrate. He brings them together. He assembles them with fasting and sackcloth. You see, the clock is now going way too fast here. I want to just jump to my, a few points I want to stress to you here. When the physical walls were taken care of, they had to start rebuilding the walls of their heart. They had to go back and start reading the book of the law. Because you see, the walls of their heart had broken down. And I think for myself, I can say the walls of my heart have broken down. The world has crept in. The standards of what the world thinks and how they do things have become my standards. They say for a lot of statistics, Christians in the world are exactly the same for a lot of the statistics that are out there. Why? Our walls are broken down. Our spiritual walls are broken down. We need to be going to the book, reading it, applying it, building up our walls, calling sin, sin. But you know at the end there, Nehemiah goes away and when he comes back, what does he find? that Tobiah the enemy has been given a room inside. Can you believe it? The enemy has been given a room inside. What does he do? He acts. He doesn't take a vote on it. He, do, he doesn't you know, think about it. He acts. He clears everything out. Everything out. And I'm thinking about myself. Yes, I want to rebuild the walls of my heart. But what have I made room for in my heart that's the enemy? What is it in my heart that I have made room for that I'm protecting? Maybe I'm hiding from you. And I say, pray, Lord, show me. Show me my sin. And you know what? I think the Lord has to still reveal some of my sin to me. But I got to tell you, most of it, I know what it is. I know what I'm, I'm hiding in my heart. Is it a little bit of jealousy still? Unforgiveness? No love? Is it lust? Is it anger? Is it dishonesty? Is it my taxes that I do? What have I still saved a room for in my heart that's defiling me, that is stopping my close walk with the Lord? What is it there? And so the challenge to myself has been, examine myself, get rid of it, get rid of it. Don't justify it. Don't try to play with it. Don't try to spray some perfume on it, make it smell nice. No, no, it's sin, it stinks, get rid of it. Yes, we can rebuild the walls of our heart, but we don't want to be making room for anything in our heart that would work against us. It's just uh, that one verse I just wanted to read here. Um, sorry. Psalm 139, I believe it was. Psalm 139. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou dost know when I sit down and when I rise up. Thou dost understand my thought from afar. Thou dost scrutinize my path and my lying down. And are intimately acquainted with all my ways, even before there 
Even before there is a, a word on my tongue, behold, o, o Lord, thou dost know it all. Thou hast enclosed me behind and above and laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful me. It is too high. I cannot attain it. Cer uh, uh, 23, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Sorry, in the way, in the everlasting way. I think everybody would want that prayer. We need to do it. We need to act on it. For change, there's three things required for change. We've got to recognize the need. I think most of us do recognize the need. We must commit to it. And we must act on it. I know I need to lose weight. That doesn't make me lose weight. I need to commit to it. I need to act on it. This is what we need to do with the Word of God. So when I was reading Nehemiah, those are some points that I've enjoyed. and been a challenge to me, and hopefully a challenge to you. Thank you again for your, your time and interest. Thank you for your prayers, and please continue to pray for us. May God bless us here in this assembly, and may he use you mightily to be a light in this dark world. Who needs the Word? Who needs the Word of God? Everyone. The world needs it. You see somebody on the street, you see somebody at the gas station, you don't have to think, should I share the gospel with them? They need the gospel. They need to hear it. May God bless us. Heavenly Father, I just thank you uh, for your word, the Bible. Thank you for the solid rock foundation it is, the anchor for our soul. Lord, I ask your blessing upon this assembly. All those who come here, Lord, you would bless them, guide and direct them. That you, Lord, would uh, challenge them in their walk with you. And Lord, that we would examine ourselves. And if there's any wicked way in us, Lord, that we would submit it and get rid of it. Lord, we know we need your help. We are weak, you are strong. Help us to trust in you. Lord, I pray for your help and direction on board the ship. I pray for the men that are coming in right now, Lord. Those that are traveling this direction, that you will prepare their hearts for our word, for your words, Lord. Sorry, Your words, that you would just bless them with the greatest news of salvation. I ask your blessing on us this evening. Take us to our homes in safety. In our Savior's name, amen.